Howdy, y'all. Do you need a quick, nutritious pick-me-up but don't have time for a sit-down meal? Grab some RC Chirp and Jerk Beef Jerky. Social media is raving about RC Chirp and Jerk Beef Jerky, which is handcrafted in Austin, Texas, and it's available in four delicious flavors, guaranteed to make your taste buds happy. Click the link on our website to order your RC Chirp and Jerk Beef Jerky today. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Here's when you hold them. River Card Queen of Clubs. Are you kidding? A royal flush for Chris Moneymaker. You're going to win. That's how you win. And here's when you fold them. I commend Dan Shack for having stones so big. They are now considered the islands of the Bahamas, but this bluff is risking crazy amounts of real money. Yeah, we'll work on that timing. I just lost like two million chips. I lost two million chips. This is the Texas Hold'em Radio Show, live on Renegade Talk Radio. Live on Renegade Talk Radio. Hey, we are back. Texas Hold'em Radio Show with your host, Wade Andrews and Hal Koblenz. Oh, Hal, we got a lot of poker to talk about tonight, bud. It's coming up. Getting close to summer camp. Summer camps are right around the corner. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yes. (laughs) I got my sneakers ready. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You got your sneakers ready. All right. (laughs) Uh, Your sneakers. Okay. Um, folks, uh, those of y'all that haven't joined us for summer camp, Hal is easy to spot waiting in line. <laughs> if you do, if you've never been out to summer camp, be prepared. When we're talking summer camp, we're talking about the WSOP, folks, and yes. it's starting up. Uh, what's summer camp? It's the WSOP, a yep. World Series of Poker events coming up this summer in Las Vegas. They start in late March and run through early July, and uh, there are lines because there are very large fields. These tournaments will probably be the largest fields you've ever played in or have seen in some cases. Um, so sure. be prepared to stand in line. For sure. It's kind of cool to stand in line with nothing but a bunch of poker players. <laughs> it, uh, you know what? The conversations are actually cool. <laughs> they can be pretty I mean, interesting. <laughs> well, as you know, you've been there a hundred times too. It's just so funny because at the beginning of World Series, everyone's fresh and rejuvenated. And then as the... As the series goes on, as you're walking into the Rio, where everyone is in the smoking area, all yep. you hear are the bad beat stories as you're walking through. <laughs> Lots I can't of bad beat stories. He called with that. <laughs> and you'll see at the early if you get there because some of these some folks go out to the WSOP and are out there all summer, but they go out there with a suitcase, um, and you can kind of tell how long somebody's been playing and how long been they've been around because some of them haven't shaved. They're wearing wrinkly clothes that they wore six days ago. They're not wearing them six days in a row, but they had to go back in <laughs> to the pile <laughs> to get clothes because they're there a lot. And people start to drag a little bit. You do For see sure. people start to drag a little bit. You get that poker zombie look in the hallways there. <laughs> well, my problem is uh, you kind of know how I pack. I pack a little bit large. And I end up only wearing the same few shirts because, like, if they're lucky shirts, I'm not changing them. Well, Those yeah, you got that going, too. <laughs> if they're lucky, I'm not changing it. Just as long as you don't believe in lucky underwear. <laughs> but, because you're going to need luck, folks. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about tonight is luck. Mm-hmm. The game of luck and poker. Oh, man. I just watched Jesse and John's get a full house and talk, take out flushes and all kinds of stuff. Boy, that was a big hand there. Wow. That was crazy. Um it, there's a, uh, luck is a huge part of the game, but it's not. But it is. So I'm. Mean, yeah, I know. I'm arguing with myself. Um, but it's not. But, but it is. But it's it is. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's about right, Jeannie. That's the way Hal goes out to WSOP, 20 pairs of shoes and two shirts. Yeah, no, she's about right. And those for those of y'all listening in, when you hear us call out different names, while we're doing the show, we also have an interactive chat room at Texas Hold'em Radio, and a lot of our listeners and players are hanging out in chat. So we, uh, you might hear us mention a name or two every once in a while on the air, and those are from folks that are hanging out with us. Um, the WSOP is a whole di- it's a whole different ballgame. If you've been to Vegas before and played poker, um, you know, just during vacations or anything, when you go out during the WSOP, it's a different thing. Vegas changes during the WSOP. It's a whole different world. It it changes a lot. Um, you get a lot more poker players around, which tends to mean a little bit less gamble. There's still gamble, but not quite as much because poker players tend to be a little bit more. Um, what kind of word do we want to use? <laughs> Well, it's changed over the last few years. I mean, there was that one year, Wade, when you and I were out there where it, you know, it was like a gamble year. It's this poker evolves every year. Three bet and shove, three bet and shove, yeah. three bet and shove. Remember that year? It yeah. was miserable, actually. Well, I, it was really miserable for the people that were playing three bet and shove. Um, you know, they did a lot of damage in the tournaments, but you didn't see hardly any of them cash. Correct. And then that's why it only lasted a year yep. and quickly evolved back to more i would say real poker you know yeah i think you're you're going to see this year i'm anticipating seeing a little bit more solid poker i do expect to see three betting going on quite a bit mm-hmm. um i do expect to see a new generation of math players come out there and learn their lesson um you can only you can't play straight by the math folks we're just going to flat out you, know, you need to use math you know don't get me wrong right. you got to use math but you can tell people at the table that that's how they're playing they're playing strictly based on math odds and people that play regularly know how to read that and know how to set those players up. Because right. if you find somebody that's playing straight math, uh, you get a good, solid, you know, nut hand, you can set them up by the, the amount of your bets. You can make sure your bets are the right size that they will call. I guess it would be called anti-math or reverse math. <laughs> I'm not no sure. math. No or- math. I'm not sure how you would. <laughs> how you would well, you got to use math even in then because you got to figure out what your bet size is going to be that they're going to call. So, you, right. you know, you're using math a little bit different. Um, yes, chat is laggy. That's because there's like 160, 170 people in here tonight. Um, 161 well, people in the chat room right now. So it might be just a little bit laggy. Why can't I? Barry Greenstein. I couldn't think of his name. Barry's term always used to be math is for idiots. Yep. He didn't play a math style. No. Um, I think everybody uses math. I mean, you, you look at your, your hand odds. You look at the pot odds, so and that's just really basic stuff. The two and four, you know, when you when the flop comes out, um, you multiply the number of outs times four to get your hand odds. And after the turn, you do that times two, and that's relatively easy stuff. And then pot odds are how much money am I going to put into this pot, and how much can I win out of it? If it's a ten thousand dollar pot, and you're putting in a thousand. It's ten to one. You know, so you can, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's fairly simple. It's fairly simple on how you do that. Yep. And then what are the chances of hitting that 10 to 1? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's in, where the, that, that, that in 4 and well. 2 comes into play. You know, I got right. a 35% chance to make 5 to 1 of my money. That's pretty good. You know, just double my money? No, it's not worth it. You know, you just, <laughs> just got to, you know, and those are basically simple odds. Blue Genie doesn't believe in math, I don't think. She's based on what she's saying <laughs> in that room. <laughs> well, above that, she says two and four rule is all I can manage. That's all you really need. 
that is really all you need. I mean, if you're just you know beginner, intermediate player heading to the World Series for the first time, if you if you can at least have that, you're, down, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, yeah, you'll be all right. I mean, you're you're playing against so many people. I mean, so even I mean, the small tournaments have a thousand people in them. <laughs> and it's hard to picture, you know, if you've never. I mean, I know you're you're like me when you first go out there. I still get goosebumps every year. You know? Oh yeah. I, Yep. I absolutely, when I walk into the Rio, I get so excited the first time, you know? <laughs> yeah, Lothar says, am I going to get paid? It's always an important question. Yes, it is an important question. <laughs> kind of need to know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that's a, yeah, you got to work your way up to get it, but that's, that's kind of an important question. Well, actually, that's an important thing he did talk, Lothar's asking, because when you're in a tournament that big, you tend to forget, obviously, how many people you're playing against. So you should always watch the board, and also know uh, what the chip average is, because a lot of times they, you know, they'll post they the chip post average it. after after all the buy-ins are done. That is so important because if you just get caught up in the game and you're not watching that, and when you're in a giant room with that many tables and you could be getting close to the money, if you're not paying attention, you could potentially cost yourself. yourself. You could cost yourself money. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's difficult. Um, I mean, like the the one that we're looking at playing, that monster stack. There's probably going to be what three thousand people in that tournament. Probably, maybe even a little bit more than that. No, la actually, no. I'm sorry, wait. There's going to be more than that. The yeah. monster last year, I want to say, had about thirteen or fifteen thousand. Jesus, over two days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, that I means that the Amazon room is going to be packed. And there's other rooms, but I always talk about the Amazon room because that's the, the, the that's biggie. the mecca, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, you go in there, and there's, what, 200 tables for the tournament? Right, right. You know, and uh, um, finding out where you're at, keeping track. It's hard to do that when you're sitting in a that huge of an event. Um, early part of the tournament, I really don't worry about it. I mean, it's just it, it's, it's, it's too much because it changes, takes too much work. Well, last year you weren't there. They put televised tables in that other, you know, the, I think it's. What is the other room? I know which room you're talking that's about. That's orange. I can't. Yeah. God, why can't I think of it? It begins with a P, I think. The, can't think of the name. But the room on the right. You <laughs> the room on the talking. right, yeah. You know which one. <laughs> yeah, I know which one you're, you're talking about. You're down the hall, the one on the right. They had TV tables in that room as well last year. So it was all switched around. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, it it it, it change, but it's it's intimidating. So you got to be prepared for it. If you've never been there, it can be very intimidating. I mean, oh, I'll, I'll just sure. tell you right up. I mean, you walk in there, it can be extremely intimidating when you first get there. Um, if you go first thing in the morning when they first open, it's cold, cold, cold in there. Um, <laughs> they crank those ACs down big time at night to get that room cooled off. Um, so it's cold in the morning, and then it warms up. You know, this place fills up. When you get thousands of people in there, it does warm up. But boy, in the morning, it's cold. You should definitely bring a backpack with, you know, a, a sweatshirt or something. Maybe you know, a few so snacks, maybe a little bit of water. Yeah. You know, that kind of, you know, a little bit of stuff, you know, to, to get in there. You um, know, speaking of that, you know, backpacks, that, that's the only place that scares me, though, where they nowadays they, they don't do any security with all those backpacks there. Poker players yeah, got more things on their mind than do anything goofy like that. Do you I think? know, but it's just scary, you know, nowadays. Yeah, it's you just do. scary. 
Yeah, it's just, uh, um, dude, it's it's been going on forever. It's just now that we have media that announces it as soon as it happens. But yeah, that's true. You know, this stuff's been going on forever. You can look back and make all the way back through history. Um, it's just now we got media that can tell you about it right away. Um, so don't live scared. You know, go out and do your thing. When it's your time, it's your time. Don't matter if you're at home in a bathtub or you're out running around. It's your time, it's your time. Well, we had a pro on a week ago or so where he was saying, you know, if it's your first year, even if you don't play and just kind of this take it all in your first year, you know, or do a small, do like the satellite tournaments. Yeah. And the other tournaments around town, there's tournaments all over. Some of them as cheap as 40 bucks Mm -hmm. for a buy-in. You know, so it's it's just, uh, you know. Stay off my turf. Yeah. There's something for everybody. And it's definitely circuit's mine, Wade. Stay out of my turf. <laughs> yeah, go go hang out with Hal over at Samstown. <laughs> oh, you just <laughs> killed it for me. <laughs> yeah, go hang out with Hal at Samstown. Um, <laughs> but Samstown's not downtown. It's not on the strip. It's a little ways. No, off. it's pretty far. So you got to travel. Um, yeah, you you won't walk there. Let's put it. You can, might, if you drank enough, you might stagger there, but you won't walk there. Um, <laughs> Yep, uh, Lothar's talking about the Venetian Daily Tournaments are good. Uh, Golden Nuggets got good tournaments. The Orleans has got um, tournaments. Caesar's Palace. Nice one, yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's got tournaments, you know, so there's plenty of stuff. And the Bonanza has just started. Oh, boy, I'm going to end up with a whole bunch of screens again. Well, Golden Nugget changed their, you you know how we've played that tons of times, Wade, Mm -hmm. they've actually changed it, and there's more multi-day tournaments, I was looking at their schedule, and they've also raised the prize. Yeah, well, it's grown. Their tournament yeah, series is still that was nicely. always a good tournament for 150, you know? Yeah, what is it now? What are they doing for the buy-in now? Oh, some are 200, I believe. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's going to be about 220, 240, once you put yep. the juice on it. Yeah, uh, but that, that, that there's tournaments for everybody, so you can go out. But yeah. you do want to go hang out because one of the neat things about um, going over to the the Rio for the WSOP is if you just stand in the hallway, you'll get to see all your favorite players because they come walking down the same hallway. You yep. get to see them all. Yep. They're all they're all cool too. Everyone yeah. for the most part, everyone's cordial. You don't want to you you know you don't necessarily want to hit you know, someone up for an autograph the second they bust out of a tournament. But for the most part, all the pros are there to socialize as well. And they're cordial. They're going to, they're going to sign your hat or whatever you want to sign. Sure. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Everybody's pretty cool. Um, one of the things you do want to take into account as far as some poker etiquette or player etiquette, not necessarily poker etiquette. Um, you see somebody get busted out of a tournament, don't go running up to them and Hey bud, how's it going? Don't be all, uh, uh, that's not a good time to be all excited with your friend that just busted out of the tournament. No, no. That's what I'm saying. If you, you know, you see Daniel Negrano or Phil Helmuth, the second they bust out, you know, this, this is their livelihood. This is their work. They're at work. Yeah, this is their work. They're at the office. So yeah. you, you don't want to hit them up the second they bust out for an autograph. Yep. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, just kind of the way that, yeah, you know, as it, we'll think about what happens when you bust out of a tournament. How do you right. feel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I would suggest, though, if you have any of their books, if you have a play, one of, you know, whoever, whatever pro, your favorite pro, if you have one of their books and you're holding it and you have it on you, you have a good chance of getting an autograph. Yep. That's just, that's just a little secret um, because if they see the book, you're carrying their book, they will um, definitely sign your book. Yep. I, I've, 
used that method many times. Which means taking a backpack so you can carry stuff around with you. Yeah. And there is yeah. stuff for sale. I mean, it's not like it used to be. I can't wait till that comes back. God, I can't Remember, wait. It, what was it called? Uh, it was like poker lose, poker Razzi or oh poker. God, it was insane. They, they was would have insane. a poker trade show um, mm-hmm. with all the online sites. Oh my God, it was just amazing. Remember um, all the shirts you would get for dude, free? Yeah. All, the- <laughs> all the swag, the swag, your swag. You'd end up with two swag bags. Oh my goodness! How many years ago was that? Wait, like the last 10? one was two thousand six. Wow! Yeah, two thousand six. Wow, many years ago? Because the UIGEA went into effect in March of two thousand seven, and wow. that's when all the online sites pulled out of the U.S. Yikes! 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 That was. Uh, you know what? I'm all in. Already? Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't have a ton of chips, but I'm rebuying. But let's oh. see if someone gets my bounty. Oh, an ace jack, king eight against my pocket sevens. Of course, there's an ace on the turn. Mm-hmm. Damn it. But I'm still in. Oh, it didn't knock you out? I won, I won side pot. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Good. So, You're still I in. Pair. I knew I was ahead of everyone. Yeah. So that, they didn't get you. Um, no. Nope. What are we at? Let me look at the clock here. Where are we at? Oh, um, yeah, we're getting ready to go to a commercial break real quick, and then we're going to come back and talk about a couple of things like shorthanded play. Are you ready for that, Hal? I'm ready. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, let's go do that. We'll be right back, folks, with more of the Texas Hold'em Radio Show in just a minute. Howdy, y'all. Do you need a quick, nutritious pick-me-up but don't have time for a sit-down meal? Grab some R.C. Chirp and Jerk Beef Jerky. Social media is raving about R.C. Chirp and Jerk Beef Jerky, which is handcrafted in Austin, Texas, and is available in four delicious flavors, guaranteed to make your taste buds happy. Click the link on our website to order your R.C. Chirp and Jerk Beef Jerky today. We're going to talk about uh, some shorthanded play, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's two aspects to it. Playing a shorthanded play game that starts at the beginning, mm-hmm. which is relatively easy, because you or easier, I should say, because you can, set your, the, you can set your mentality for playing shorthanded at the very beginning. And because right. you know the whole game is going to be shorthanded play. So you can open up your hand selections from the very beginning. I think the thing about shorthanded play that gets people in trouble is when they get down to final tables. Right. You've been playing... Because they have the nerve factor as well. Yeah, well, and you, all, you have to change things. you got to yep. change the way you play. As soon as uh, you've been playing at full tables pretty much the entire tournament, uh, either nine or ten players, depending on the, the table size, um, so you've been playing a certain way. Well, once you lose a player, that means you get to open up your hand selection a little bit. Once you lose a couple of players, you can open up your hand selection a little bit more. And when you get down around six and five players, um, some people open up their hand selections dramatically, <laughs> to like any face card. <laughs> and you have to know who you're playing against, yes. though, too. And by then, you should know. You know, you should have had, right. had enough experience at the table to see, are these people playing queen threes? Are they playing a king four just because they have a face card and it's shorthanded? Um, in a case like that, you're really... I realize that your hand selection gets to open up, but that's a little bit extreme, opening it up that far. Right, right. I mean, 
you know, mo- it's funny. It, you see people who have, if it's their first time, you know, making a final table, you can often exploit them because they're actually playing tighter. They they actually tighten up, you know, at a final table because they're trying to cash or they're trying to move up in the in the money and stuff like that. And you know, I've always said you you play a tournament to win. You don't play a tournament to cash. That's just how I've always played. You know, and I know some people differ in that opinion. But when I play a tournament, I'm playing to win versus sure. just cash. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a couple of steps, different things. You start out at the beginning of the tournament. Um, you want to you know, maintain average chip stat. That's a nice, simple little goal um, to set in the early part of a tournament. And you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to play wild or anything to do that. You, know, that's just a, you should always have a goal somewhere along the tournament. Sure, the goal is to win. But let's break it down a little bit. At the beginning, let's go ahead and you know, for the early and mid part of it, uh, maintain an average chip stack. You get closer to the money, you want to be above average chip stack. You get into the money, you win. I mean, let's go. Let's you know, let's go. Well, you've had more experience than me at that. Oh, my pocket queens against pocket jacks. Let's see if they hold up. And they held up. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Wade's had more experience than me at the final tables in tournaments. I'm more of a cash game player. Yeah, how plays more cash tournaments? It's just a you know, and you just got to be you know patient because you're going to go through cycles when you're playing in a game. Um, you expect you know a long tournament. We're talking WSOP. We're talking summer camp. Correct. When you're talking summer camp, these tournaments can last all day, and a lot of cases two days. Some of them three multiple days. Multiple days. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's yeah. multiple days, and during that time period, you're going to get hungry. You're going to get tired. You might get a headache. Your eyes might hurt. You might have to pee. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that are going to affect how you feel during that tournament. Um, and the, mm-hmm. if you the, if you can get that Zen thing going, where none of it affects you, you're just in your zone. Uh, more power to you. I mean, literally, more power to you. When you can get that feeling going, you're you're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, but the big thing is to try to avoid the emotional attacks, or the, you know, when you're Oh, I'm getting tired. I need to push this a little bit. Um, you start to get tired. You start to get a little antsy and stuff. You tend to play a little bit more aggressive, and you might take make a mistake. You know, so you gotta you just gotta stay on top of yourself. And in the and when you were saying uh, about taking care of yourself, keep yourself hydrated. Yes. You're in the desert. Yep. Keep yourself yep. hydrated. When you go to lunch breaks, don't sit down and eat two hamburgers and a half rack of ribs. Because um, you, <laughs> you'll fall asleep at the table. <laughs> <laughs> we save that for the night we're not playing. We, exactly. We go to our favorite rib place. Ellis, <laughs> Ellis Island. Yep. I'm going to be at Ellis Island this summer. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to Ellis we, Island. It's our annual ritual <laughs> of a place we go, but not during, a, not when you're playing a tournament. No. No, no it's just, uh, you, you know, you, you want to eat. You want to keep yourself the energy up, but grab a salad, grab some fruit. Uh, be careful eating a lot of fruit, though, because it tends to be acidic, so it can mess with your stomach, and you'll get sugar crashes. And keeps hand sanitizer with you. Uh, about two years ago, I got very, remember I had to yeah. leave early. Yeah. I left the World Series early. I got very, very sick. I got a bacterial infection. And it was from touching chips, and then I touched my eyes and touched my face. Yeah, you and you get that, that infection in your eyeballs? Yeah, that was the worst thing ever. And yeah, I had and to actually leave World Series. you got to be prepared, because we're talking about you're going to be there at the end of May through the early part of July. Now, we're talking about Las Vegas, Nevada which is in the middle of a desert. It is not <laughs> unusual for it to be 117 degrees outside. And I'm not exaggerating, <laughs> folks. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty standard. I mean, that's yeah. not, you know, that, that's not exaggerating. That's pretty standard. 
And then you walk from 117 degrees outside. You walk into a casino where they've got the AC sit at 72. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful. You got to watch yourself. Keep yourself healthy. Well, I'll wait until night before I leave. It'll be cooler, uh, folks. At four o'clock in the morning, it'll be ninety-eight degrees in Vegas. And when the wind's blowing, it burns oh. your face. It's well, like so hot, <laughs> and and you don't feel yourself sweating because you no, don't sweat out. You don't there sweat. It's so dry. Yeah, you cook from the inside. You don't even know you got a problem until you already do. Yeah. Um, so you know, yeah. stay on top of yourselves. Make sure you stay hydrated and that's uh not meaning tequila all the time you do have to do some water <laughs> i would recommend a little bit of water um and there's well, big f- footballs and stuff they have downtown oh with all the drinks yeah <laughs> with all the drinks <laughs> or if you're just hanging out with wade on fremont street forget tequila. about it yeah, well, <laughs> the, the drinks that, that they but serve see, we're not playing poker then so it's perfectly Correct. okay to do that we're not playing poker at that point when but no, pl- I've even been with you where we were out of state once and you got food poisoning. You just got to be prepared for everything. Yeah, that's that place you, you invited me to up in Arkansas. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, that was horrible. That was not fun. And, um, you know, you're there to play a tournament. You you had expenses going out there. I should have known better than eating that green eggs and ham. <laughs> As I saw those eggs were green, it should have got my attention. Well, yeah, uh, it, it, you know, Wade orders eggs like in in January. It's not like it's not like St. Patty's Day weekend or something. Then the eggs are green. I'm like, Wade, that could be a problem. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. Well, we we learned. Uh, yeah, boy, that was a very very rough game the next day. Um, uh, and uh, needless to say, it did not go well. <laughs> See no fish is saying, you guys should work for the Las Vegas tourism department. <laughs> no, you know what? It's just from experience. Oh, honestly. it's from experience. And we're trying to help you because. Oh, yeah. We'll show we you are. all the neat stuff. Sean, you come out to Vegas. You come out to Vegas while we're there and we'll show you some neat stuff. That's oh, not going to cost stuff. you anything. I mean, sure. I broadcast out of the reason I'm so familiar with it is I broadcast out of Binion's Casino for three years. So I was there pretty much every day. I was downtown, wandering around, breaks, you know, just stayed downtown. So I got to know a lot of stuff and people and stuff. Hal's out there. <laughs> he doesn't live there, but he almost should. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Because he's yeah, out there I'll be lot. out there 21 days this uh, summer during World Series. Yeah, he's going to be there 21 days. I'm going to be there five. Yep. So that, that's what we've got. You know, so I'm all in, by the way. Again? Against three other callers. <laughs> they, I went all in first. They all called. Um, it was a raise, re-raise. I re-raised all in, and now T Flow is thinking about it. He's got over ten thousand chips. I'm in for five thousand. I have the other two players covered, so let's see what's going to happen here. Uh, Hellfire is talking about one of my little secrets. Uh, uh, what's that? About uh, buying tourist clothes at Binion's. Oh, for sure, a queen jack against an ace king, and my pocket jacks take two people out. There you go. I'm up to 9,500. You're doing well tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a little trick. Um, if you go to Vegas, first thing you do is buy, well, I, I do or have. I don't anymore because now it doesn't work anymore. Um, I buy a tourist shirt and that sit down so everybody at the table thinks I'm a tourist. <laughs> yes, they do. And it worked. Oh, my God. It worked really, really good. Wade has it down to a science. He walks in with this like, this like 
total tourist hat. It basically says, hello, my name is Taurus, <laughs> right on the front. <laughs> I mean, you don't do what you used to do with the nails no, and everything. No, don't do all that stuff. But there, <laughs> there's so much psychology in this game that you can have a lot of fun with, folks. You taught me that, but I just don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of psychology that you can have a lot of fun with. <laughs> Um, you know, so th- th- there's a lot of little tricks and this and that and the other, you know, so it's a, it's, it's an amazing game. And when you get out WSOP, you're going to see every kind of player you can imagine. <laughs> Wade goes as far as, you know, sits down at the table and says, this is Texas Hold'em, right, folks? <laughs> no, I do not. What's the big blind? How? What? Big blind? Small blind? No, I don't play that blind. <laughs> yeah, I don't play quite that blind. But you, you know, the, it, when you get that kind of psychological aspect, especially when you're playing with it, when you play at WSOP, you're playing with all strangers. Correct. I mean, you can play the entire, you can play a three-day event and never play with anybody you know, you know, and then in that entire three. Um, it's just kind of, oh, man. Um, it, it can be really crazy. So you've got to, you know, if you can throw off, your opponents, the slightest bit, any advantage you can get is good. And if you can throw them off without having to do anything about it, just by the way you dress or just by the way you talk, there's a little bit of advantage for you. And don't forget, too, you're playing against people from other parts of the world, from other everywhere. countries. <laughs> so their, their play is different. You know, people in California actually play different than in other states. And, and you know, when you go to Vegas, you're playing against Europeans. You're, you're playing, playing against, against everybody. You know, Canadians, you're playing against so many different kinds of players. And then you have Texans like Wade, who are this a whole nother planet. And, and it's it's different. Oh, it's it's extremely different. Like Jeannie said, and she said in here, I uh, once asked a dealer in Vegas to beep when it was my turn, my first live game. That's one of that's <laughs> that that's one of those knockoffs. You can find out pretty quick um, right away um, if people aren't paying attention to their blinds that they've been online players. Correct. Yeah, so that there's some little tells that you can kind of get. So if you want to make sure that people don't take advantage of you, um, make sure you're on top of things. Make sure you got a card cover, card cap. uh, Use a chip. uh, Use a card cap or something. Always cover your cards. Cap your cards, folks. I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over again. Y'all might get tired of us hearing about it, but that is a horrible mistake. And when it happens, it's a mistake. It's not anything done mm-hmm. on purpose. It's a mistake, but it's a mistake that can cost you dearly. So cover For your sure. cards. You know, cover your cards. It's a very simple little thing to do. I just drop a chip on top of mine. I just, I, I just have a chip on top of my cards. So it makes... Yep, always. Uh, I don't have to keep track I mean, of a card capper, you know. I always lose mine, so yeah, well, now I yeah. just use chips. Yeah, I just use I, a chip. I mean, I'll forget it. I'll leave it in my room or you know something like that, so I, I just use a chip, just as long as I've got something on top of my cards. And that's just going to notify the dealer that that hand is live. Do not muck it, please, especially if you're right. sitting in the 10 or the 1 seat. That's where the biggest issues come up. Those yep. are the seats right beside to the left and the right of the dealers. When they're pulling cards, if they've got short arms, They'll um, just swipe your card. It's very easy for them to do it, and it's and it's accidental. It's not something they do on a, on, you know, on purpose. So don't think that right. you get picked on for it. It's just something that can happen. So make sure it doesn't happen. Keep your cards covered. That's so one little end. You want to talk about WPT a little bit? Sure, we can talk about WPT. What in the hell are they doing? 
Well, it's funny because that's I knew my you were question. Be against it. This is going to be good conversation. So the WPT has done what WSOP used to do, and they've delayed the final table. And um, you know, so they have events through different parts of the country, and then like this week, there were three different final tables from previous events. So like there was the uh, Gardens Casino final table like on Tuesday, and then there was the Borgata on Wednesday, and another one on Thursday. So they're bringing people back a month or two later for televised action of the final table. And I know Wade, you're not in favor of that. That's the so raspberry folks, I have about, about that. That's what Wade thinks about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all, that idea, all that idea gives is a raspberry. That's it. Uh, yeah. and it, Well, uh, let me give you my two cents. So for the World Series, I absolutely adamantly feel it should be played straight through. Yes. Agreed. Straight through. We are in agreement. I understand the why of why... WPT is doing it because a tour is different and there's so many expenses with a tour and when they're playing at different casinos throughout the country they have to schlep the the whole staging and all the final table you know all the lighting and all the cameras and all that stuff to every casino they go to whereas now they have a studio set up where um, they own the um, e-gaming uh, arena now over at Luxor so they've put the final tables at the e-gaming arena at Luxor where they have a whole TV studio now and they've you know that's how they do it yeah they made it easier I, on I, the I, WPT yeah. and harder on the players well yes I, I, now now I these folks harder they, they, on the because players. because they're playing in a casino close to home and now they got to wait a month or two then they got to take time off from work travel True. to Vegas stay out and do the expenses of staying in Vegas well, uh, I think I think they picked that up. Well, still, they, there you know, there, there's time expenses. The run that you might have been on, the heater you might have been on, is long gone. Um, it, it's but, just I don't I don't agree with delaying any final table. So I don't care where it's at. You know. Don't you feel though? It also gives the because I I again opinion in tours, it's more of the amateur to to high high amateur pro. You know, it's not. When they do the tour events like WPT, it's not all pros like that come to the WSOP. So there might be a few pros mixed in, whatever. But I think it gives the, let's say, the amateur or middle player a chance to experience what it feels like to to be a pro and travel to the final table. And I don't know. I think it gives them a, a different experience. And, heck, I think if... The average Joe makes a final table of a WPT event that's going to be televised and has the potential to win millions of dollars. They're going to figure a way to take a couple more days off from work. Sure, but it's just a hassle. Well, they could do the same damn thing in their hometown, at their yeah. home casino. You know, they don't have to go anywhere. Uh, you know, just that they're right there. We get to play it out, get to do it in front of all my friends. You know, they're here. If we delay this two months, nobody's going to even remember the damn hand the game was going. Uh, right. Oh, you're playing from what? Well, well, uh, I mean, it. Any in my mind, any type of delay in a presentation like that is not a good thing. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's not a good thing. Uh, we need to take another break, folks. So we're going to take another real quick break, and then we'll be back for more Texas Hold'em Radio show in just a minute. <laughs>
Here's when you hold them. River card queen of clubs. Are you kidding? A royal flush for Chris Moneymaker. If you're going to win, that's how you win. And here's when you fold them. I commend Dan Shack for having stones so big. They are now considered the islands of the Bahamas, but this bluff is risking crazy amounts of real money. Yeah, we'll work on that timing. I just lost like two million chips. I lost two million chips. This is the Texas Hold'em Radio Show, live on Renegade Talk Radio. Live on Renegade Talk Radio. We are back, folks, on Renegade Talk Radio, the Texas Hold'em Radio Show, with your hosts, Wade Andrews and Hal Koblenz, who is also known as our guy in the field. Um, a couple other things we needed to talk about. That WPT thing, um, I can see that we'll probably end up talking about that some more. Sure. Um, in the future kind of stuff. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? There was something else, another poker-related item I wanted to talk about. Well, um, there's so many as we I get know. into <laughs> summer <laughs> camp season. There's there's so many. There's so many. Um, I'm sure you had a particular topic in mind. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not remembering it right off. I, I keep thinking about it had to do with final table play and um, you know playing shorthanded. That sort of stuff. What happens? How do you handle it when you get there? Oh, so I remember what it was. I remember what it was. I remember now. What is it? It was something that we chatted about a little bit. Um, okay. Playing against somebody that's on a heater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what How the hell do you avoid it? You don't play a hand against them. You let somebody else break the heater. So the reason this came up on the WPT event final table three nights ago um, from the Gardens Casino, that was the WPT event, the guy that ended up winning, if you've all watched it or haven't seen it yet, you can see the videos, he was hammered. He was hammered. He was pounding beers the whole night. He was holding a chicken wing in his hand, waving it at the play. Oh, you- and I also wait. I didn't tell you about this. That he something he did, and we'll definitely talk about all this. He did something. I would have knocked him out at the table. So he was drunk, and he's heads up to the guy next to him. He puts his hand on his neck to feel his neck, like jokingly to feel his neck. Dude, you touch me while we're uh-huh. in a hand heads up. You're going down. And while you're going down, and you're getting a penalty too. Hell yeah, that, that's a you're penalty going offense. down. Yeah, that's a penalty offense. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not you're not to play touch another player or their cards intentionally. You know, have it have you know you might bump elbows if you're sitting with somebody. Oh, this was intentional. Like yeah. you know, get you know he's like acting like he'll get a read. But how do you play against a player like that who is you know because you those players are out there, especially in Vegas yep. during the World Series. So they're they're you know, under the influence of whatever, and they're playing crazy, but winning every hand. How do you play against that? If you're not heads up, you just stay out of their way. Yeah. I mean, literally stay out of their way. When you see somebody on a heater, you can have the perfect hand. I mean, literally, you can have the perfect hand. You can be sitting on pocket aces, catch an ace on the flop, got a set, no flush showing, none of that. But when somebody's on a heater, they're going to hit quads. or They're going to end up hitting a full house. I mean, it's just when somebody's on a heater, stay out of their way. He made a huge call with a 6-8. Yeah. And turns a full house against, I think it was pocket jacks. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's when somebody's on a heater, that's what happens. And the thing is, you will get on those heaters also. It's going to happen to you, too. 
Uh, well, I think that happened to me in like '86. It, it does happen. It do, you know <laughs> it goes around. What comes around goes around. Uh, you get caught. You're going to be on the bad end of heaters. You're going to be on the good end of a heater. And by a heater, when we use that term, that means when you're playing hands, that it doesn't matter what you play, you hit with them. You're just the luck is heating you up. You are just all heated up. When you're on a heater, take advantage of it till it breaks. When you're up against a heater, stay the hell out of the way. When you're, let me ask you, when you're on a heater, do you play every hand wave? Yeah. I just play it cheap. Yeah, I don't. I play I, it I cheap. I still play. If so I'm on a do, heater, yeah, if I'm on a heater, I'll play it cheap. You'll change your play sure. based on, and I get that. I just don't have the balls for that. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the thing. When you get on a heater, you get your, your confidence level goes way up uh, when it shouldn't, you know, because it's a false confidence because it's luck that's causing you to win. You know, so it's right. a very false confidence. But when you're on a heater, take advantage of it. You know, stay in the hands. If you can, you know, if you can limp in, limp into the hand. Um, if it's just a little bit, call just a little bit and see if the heater's still with you. Right. You know, if I win a hand, I'm going to play the next hand. If I win that hand, I'm definitely playing the next hand. If I win that hand, I'm going to be in there with a 2-7 because it, it's a heater thing going on. And, and don't make it expensive. Don't let your overconfidence get you in there where you shove all in with something with crap because you're on a heater. Um, you know, just play in there and see what hits. If it hits, boom, you're set. And I guess I'm talking more, obviously, on the cash game side, where even if I'm on a heater in a cash game, I'm still playing my game. I'm not changing my play. Well, but, you know, if I win four hands in a row and I'm big stack, I'm still playing how I play. I'm going to be in, be in that next hand. I mean, it's, yeah, as long as it's cheap. I'm not going to do anything crazy. You know, I'm not going to bet <laughs> half my stack on a, you know, 6 9 you know, kind You're of gonna thing. You're going to go with the rush. Yeah, I'm going to follow the rush until the rush is gone. And mm -hmm. and the flip side, I'm not going to play against players that are on a rush because um, there's other players at the table that let them take them out. <laughs> I don't need to mess right. with this. Let them take them out. Um, and if it's somebody that is a good player that you know is a good player, make bets because it's people that are chasing rushes aren't going to call big bets with crap cards. They're going to try to just right. slide in. You know, just let's see if I can get to see a flop see cheap. flop. Yeah, yeah, I want to see a cheap flop. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. So make sure they can't get a cheap flop. Now, you got to be careful with that because, like, in that case against that with that drunk, that wouldn't work because that drunk ain't going to care. He's not paying any attention to how much you're betting. Yeah. You know, he's just going to. So you, you've got to always stay aware and always be prepared to shift your game. Shift your game to fit the table. Yeah, that's uh, you gotta because the table's gonna shift, and you can't be sure that you're gonna have all tight players or all loose players or what you're gonna have at the table. So you got to be prepared to shift your game. And even within the tournament, because uh, yes. you know, and talking about WSOP, you can be at say a tight table early in the event, and then as you move, you know, you get moved around, you're at a whole different table, a or you could be sitting next table. to Daniel Negrano, you, yeah. you know, which you is know. very possible. Yeah, you don't know. You know, you, you just don't know. So you just got to be prepared. Oh, my gosh. It's that time. Well, that's the end of the show tonight, folks. I'm glad y'all were able to hang out with us for the Texas Hold'em radio show. A lot of fun. Yeah, that was good some stuff. good stuff. Great. And as we get closer to summer camp, <laughs> yep. we'll keep talking. We'll keep talking and keep getting you ready. Uh, so be sure to tune in, Renegade Talk Radio, and we will be back with you next Friday on the Texas Hold'em radio show. Good night, everybody. Take care, everybody.